welcome to the TNT Wrestling Podcast. Where we talk all things wrestling from WWE. Now return to save the WWE. NXT, New Japan Pro, and Ring of Honor. And he wants that television title. We don't know if he's allowed to do it. Now here's your host, Tracy, a.k.a. Smiley. fuck is up you lovely ladies and gentlemen this is the tnt podcast we are back with a new episode week two of our new weekly series where we think of raw and smackdown a little bit of nxt if anything goes on at nxt nothing really important is going on not until well royal rumble time so may not talk about you know nxt because it literally just came on about oh now <laughs> it just came on it just came on Wednesday night so like if you haven't watched it now really nothing's going on i know Otis never had a match. Um, was today the day they go to the um, the cell match between Alistair Black and um, Johnny Gargano? Was that today or is that not I until... I don't know if it's that next week or today. No, no, no. Today was the Ricochet match. Today oh, was the Ricochet. Today's not the day for the spoiler situation? No, no, no. no. I, don't, I don't think that's for like another week or so. Get okay. closer to... to um, Royal Rumble time, so I don't, I don't think it's this week since, yeah, no, that's not this week. So, wow, wrestling this week, we had two go-home shows, one maybe sort of flopped, the other one was, holy goddamn shit, we got to see Oscar destroy people with a kindle stick, even though it's a TLC match, I did, huh? <laughs> <laughs> It's a TLC match, but we're just going to say, fuck it, let's use a kendo stick. Because why not? <laughs> I don't. Why the hell not? I don't. I don't. I don't. Look, it's a TLC match. Now, I heard Bubba Ray and them talking about this yesterday. Well, no, today on the radio show, Busted Open on Sirius XM. Um, I am sort of confused when they brought up the kendo stick. I'm like, okay. Okay, I get it. This is a TLC match. Pretty much anything goes. You can use tables. You can use ladders. You can use chairs. How the hell did a candlestick get involved? I didn't know this was TLCK. Tables, ladders, chairs, and candlesticks. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't know that candlesticks somehow, somebody was involved. I know the candlestick was involved in the whole Ronda Rousey shit, but this is not Ronda Rousey. This is Oscar, Charlotte, and Becky. Now, also, I like how they introduced the Kindle stick because all these Romans have been flying that Becky is still injured and that she still, you know, you know, should be doing the TLC match. And I guess she's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to, you know, show the whole entire world that I'm fine and that I can compete. So, like, I like that little, you know, teaser, you know, so people, you know, shut down all the wrestling Twitter because, you know, for somehow, some way, all these fucking wrestling Twitter people see one goddamn report and they all of a sudden think it's real. Like, come on now. Come, come, come on. Come, come, come. You got you to, gotta, like, you know, decipher things when they come, not always when you hear the rumors. But anyway, that's SmackDown Live. Let's get right into Raw because uh, this opener, holy shit. 
um guys i think seth rollins have has literally been reading our tweets <laughs> seth has been reading our tweets now we open the show with seth rollins and um somebody i don't know who mm, it seems like a little <clears throat> michael dunn michael dunn michael fucking dunn <laughs> God damn it, somebody said, you know what, I'm just going to keep pressing the red burn it down button. I'm going to put my finger on the red burn it down button, and I'm just going to keep pressing it and pressing it and pressing it and pressing it and pressing it. Because everybody has to know that Seth Rollins wants to burn it down, he has to burn it down. Burn it down, burn it down, burn it down, burn it down. We get it. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Who the hell messed up? Whoever, how the hell? Do you mess up? <laughs> I, thought it was a ha- I thought it was a happy accident, honestly. I, I liked it. I, I get, you know, the accident, you know, the first time, the second time, then the third time. Then I'm like, all right, fourth time. All right, we get it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't use the burn it down when he first came out, so I'm not using it while he's in the ring, and then burn it down again while he's trying to talk, then burn it down again while he's trying to put the mic to his face, and then burn it down again. And Seth, like, oh, Seth was like, huh? <laughs> oh, it's just like okay. Well, somebody probably Michael Dunn. Somebody uh, back there is getting fired. Awesome. Somebody. Okay. So <clears throat> Seth comes out and starts talking about um, how Raw has really been a terrible show. But I'm just like, ooh, somebody. I mean, somebody has been reading our tweets now if you have not been on twitter for like the past two three weeks everybody talks shit about monday raw how it's such trash and how you know it's just a terrible show for three hours so he comes out you know starts cutting a promo under uh sorry start cutting a promo on baron corbin saying that because of him it's because of him the fans dislike monday raw from the public urination to the lucha house party rules and the record low ratings he says under your leadership monday raw has sucked and it has sucked because of you so then baron corbin comes out and gets in his face and says raw is my show and if you don't like it that's too bad if if you think it's bad now it's only going to get worse for a guy like you so Rollins decided, well, you know, since you're so big and bad, let's have a match right now. Uh, let's have a match right now. Let's have a. It's, uh, since Baron said, you know, he's never had um, a TLC match, Seth decides, like, oh, you want a TLC match? Well, how about I have one right here? And Baron goes, you know, no, you're not going to get what you want, and blah, blah, blah. And. Ooh, what the hell? Go ahead. Okay, so Baron goes on to say you're not going to get the match. So then Seth decides to just push him and egg him on. So he just takes the book straight out of the book of Daniel Bryan and starts calling him a coward. He goes, coward, 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 poke, 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 coward, 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 poke, poke. Hey, we're gonna call you uh something. I forgot his name that he called him, and kept calling him poke, 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 poke. 
And so he was finally like, all right, you want a TLC match? You're going to get it. But it's going to be for the Intercontinental title. And everybody was excited. I'm like, well, well, okay. You know, instead of waiting, let's get one now. So it was, well, that's the main event. So then after that, we get the Raw Tag Team Championship match against Bobby. No, sorry. That's, that didn't happen. No, that didn't happen. Right. So we get a Raw Tag Team Championship match between Bobby Roode and Chad Gable with AOP and Drake Maverick. <clears throat> now, as y'all all know, last week, um, Bobby Roode came out without his robe because apparently... Bobby doesn't have more than one robe, so he came out, you know, bare, nothing, no robe. And I'm just like, is that the only robe you got? And I'm just like, I know in NXT you got a blue one, you got a red one. Like, I know there's more back there, but okay, let's just act like that. Clearly, for the sake of the storyline, had no other robe except that one. Exactly. I'm just like, you have no other robe, even though in NXT you had a whole bunch of them. But okay, that's fine. But this time, he came out of his robe, and Chad Gable also has a robe with his name on it. Now, I saw that I died. Like, I died. I was on my floor. I was laughing so hard. I'm just like, look at Chad. The man looks good. <laughs> he looks good in a robe. I'm like, can we just keep him in a robe forever? Like, the man looks good. Can we keep him in it? It, it. It fits him. It suits him. I like, I like it. I like I like how it kind of uniforms the team. Like I know obviously he stole Bobby Roode's gimmick, but it's a little bit comedic. It's a little bit, you know, synchronization. I like it. I like I like how it kind of brought them together as a team because it's been rumored that they were gonna break up. So Yeah, for the longest. Yeah, so the fact that they're uh they were on the verge, they got this title shot and they came out looking looking alike, I, I liked it. I, I loved it. So this match, I'm just like, oh, great. What are we going to do? Is, is Drake going to, like, you know, take out his penis to start peeing on him like he's R. Kelly? What the hell is about to happen now? But I... R. Kelly. <laughs> I'm just like, since we were, since for some reason Vince is really, really amping it up with these pee jokes, what are you going to do? Just full-blown out pee in the ring? Like, I, I I I didn't know what to expect with Drake Maverick because you know Vince and his pee jokes. He's an eighty year old child. Uh, anyways, this match was actually okay, but the ending shocked me. So ALP did their finisher where they cry. I forgot the name of the finisher when they cry. They pick up two people. I am a coming razor. I pick up person and then they crash them both into the person and then power slams them to the floor. And AOP tries to do his whole glorious thing and tries to pin him. But little did he know, Bobby actually woke up and rolled him up, pinned him for the one, two, three. We have new champions. And I was like, wow, that's how we're going to do it? Okay. I mean, that's cool. Attach. Uh, we got a title change. You know what? It was. It was obviously, and as the night progressed, we would we would see. You know, I guess attempts by WWE to kind of liven up the product. You know, oh well, you know, 
everybody's complaining about how trash the product was, and rightfully so. And you and I were the two of the first to talk about how garbage Raw has been. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what are you going to do? We're going to let's have a title change. But even though it was brutally obvious and totally ridiculously obvious that the title change was meant to spice up the show. Mm-hmm. Um, they did it in a way that was believable. They did it in a way that made you feel good. I mean, them getting over on uh, on Drake Maverick made sense compared to them pinning one of the AOPs. So I like the way they put it together. Yeah, it was nice. I'm just like, well, okay, let's just have it, you know, title change. Fine with me. I mean, it was weird. I mean, there everyone, you know, there was, you know, rumors saying there was going to be a big, huge change to the card on my night raw so i'm like i was scared i was like oh shit so when that happened i was like okay hopefully you know that's the big change nothing else happened so then uh, the old old wcw days smile like the remedy was always title change like title change title change title change that was kind of like the way wcw um started you know making waves in the 90s because they would sit up here and you know, the title would be on the line like every other week. So um, obviously it's not the same. The WWE title hasn't been on the line in quite some time. I believe the last title change for the world title or a world title universal, whatever you want to call it, was Roman Reigns uh, back a few years ago after TLC, I believe, 2015. But um, in addition to, like I said, the fact that they changed the tag titles, you can never go wrong with a title change as long as it's not ridiculous. So I felt it wasn't done ridiculously, so I'm cool with it. I was cool with it. Oh, by the way, before I forget, um, Seth Rollins actually put a fact out there that everyone's, you know, been fighting about on Twitter that I actually found out was correct. Uh, Brock Lesnar has ha- not had a match on Monday Night Raw since 2002, and it is a truly a fact. He has not had a match since 2002. On Monday Night Raw, let that sink in. Yeah, let it sink in. We need Brock Lesnar. Stop complaining. As much as I hate to say it, like literally, the Universal Championship should like be retired. Like it should be retired along with Brock Lesnar. Like if if you're gonna give the title to someone who doesn't even give a fuck about showing up, only shows up when the pay per views and the pay is you know good, then why have the title at all? No, no, no. Smy, this this is what pisses me off. It pisses me off about you. It pisses me off about many, many others. Let, let's go. Let's get this out in the open right here, right now. I know this is not the subject of the show, but I'm going there. Let's go. Brock Lesnar is necessary, okay? Do I like the fact that Raw's world champion is not on the show? No, I do not, okay? But let's call a spade a spade. The looming absence slash presence of Brock Lesnar is needed for the current state of the Raw product. Uh, Roman Reigns is getting healthy, okay? Braun Strowman is, I don't know if it's kayfabe or not, but I know he's recovering from some kind of arm injury. Will he show up at TLC? Probably, but we'll see what happens on Sunday. The product needs at least the shadow 
of Brock Lesnar. Stop complaining, and it's not just for you, sis. This is for everybody. Stop complaining about Brock Lesnar being Universal Champion. Stop complaining about Brock Lesnar not being on the show. Stop complaining about Brock Lesnar wrestling four times a year. You know why? Because when Brock Lesnar shows up at the Royal Rumble, when Brock Lesnar shows up at WrestleMania, when Brock Lesnar shows up at the Survivor Series and shows up at one other random pay-per-view that I guess WWE deems necessary for him to show up at, one year it's No Mercy, one year it's Unforgiven, one year it's whatever... We all watch, we all are ready for the show, we all look forward to Brock Lesnar's arrival. I don't care if you hate him, you can hate him till the cows come home. Every time you hear that man's music, something wells up inside you, something happens to you that only happens for a few select people. It happens when you hear The Rock, it happens when you hear Stone Cold Steve Austin, it's going to happen when you hear Roman Reigns when he comes back, Brock Lesnar is necessary for the product. Stop complaining. Yeah, only thing that revs up in me is anger. Comes just like, okay, this is last magic. He's finally gonna be gone because we don't need him in this company. Like, I, I'm sick of Brock Lesnar. I, I don't like him. I don't I mean, like him. You, you, you don't. You may not like him, but you have to respect him, and you have to understand that Brock Lesnar has earned the right to be this asshole of a guy. And I admit, he is an asshole of a guy. But Brock Lesnar is that damn good. No offense, Triple H. And at the end of the day, you're going to get excited. When I say you, I mean the general public's going to get excited. I'm going to say me? Huh, no. <laughs> the, the public's going to get generally, uh, generally excited when he comes out. Brock Lesnar is necessary. Look, without Brock Lesnar, Raw is completely the void of star power. Brock, let me, let me go on record and say this. It's going to really piss some people off. Probably you too. Brock Lesnar is more necessary for Raw in his absence than some people are in their presence on the roster right now. What? Why? <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Brock Lesnar five times a year is worth more than some people every single week. It is what it is. It is what it is. And if Brock Lesnar wasn't necessary, he wouldn't be on the show. Vince makes a lot of mistakes. I am Vince McMahon's number one fan, and I am Vince McMahon's number one critic. But one thing Vince McMahon has not gotten wrong is Brock Lesnar. It's 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 a fact. I just, I just, I don't, I just, I can't even talk. I just I don't understand like why like you could have had the chance to put the title on Braun Strowman you could have put the title on him and been done with it you could have let Brock Lesnar go do what he really wants and that's UFC but no you're like fuck it let's make the fucking big red big yeah big red ass title just disappear into the Royal Rumble because even though that's the number one that's supposed to be the number one title on Monday Night Raw the number one title that everybody wants for some reason. It's like you don't even give a fuck. Like, have you ever, have you ever thought of this? Let, let's let's play devil's advocate for a second, okay? Okay. And I know we're going off on a tangent, but you know what? It's a necessary tangent it's, because it's I necessary. think people about this. All right. Fine. Here's the deal. Have you ever thought that brought that Braun Strowman is not good enough to be WWE World Champion or Universal Champion? Now, we all, including myself, I'm not excluding myself. I am including myself. We all wanted Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, excuse me, we all wanted Braun Strowman to cash in money in the bank and be successful. Every last one of us did, okay? Mm -hmm. But if you really think about it, if you gave Braun Strowman the ball, it's not a foregone conclusion that he could run with it. Braun Strowman 
hate to admit it, I'm a big fan, but Braun Strowman is very one-dimensional. Very one-dimensional. <laughs> Braun Strowman, you, you talk about five moves of doom, Braun Strowman is pretty much cookie-cutter in his approach every single match. He's awesome. He's a beast. He's a monster. He's He's tremendously athletic. But is he the quintessential uh, 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 fashion plate of of charisma? Absolutely not. Is Braun Strowman going to do things in the ring that nobody else can do? I think Brock Lesnar can do what Braun Strowman can do. I think Roman Reigns could do what Braun Strowman can do. I think Kevin Owens may not have the power, but Kevin Owens is just as talented, if not more, than, than Braun Strowman. So I'm bringing it back to a point to make this point about the WWE Universal Championship. Yes, it would make more sense to have a Universal Champion that's on the show every single week. But give me a man who you think right now definitively can carry that belt with the same star power and pay-per-view appeal as Brock Lesnar, and I'll back off of the argument. Drew McIntyre! Drew McIntyre has the same star appeal as Brock Lesnar? Yes! Are you kidding in, me? In 2018? Really? In 2018, yes. Have you, see, have you seen what Drew McIntyre can do? That man, look, if he was to main event a goddamn pay-per-view, do you know how exciting that'd be? If he became universal champion, I'll be right with the world. This is where you're wrong. You just said main event a pay-per-view. You know what? I don't want a man that's going to main event a pay-per-view. I want a man that can main event WrestleMania. He could. He's not ready to main event WrestleMania. And until and here and, and I think this is the most important point that I can make. And you can fight me on it or not because I know you're going to tell me the truth. I know if I make a point you agree with, you're going to agree with me. Give me somebody who is as big a name that's on the roster as Brock Lesnar, who can definitively, realistically walk into WrestleMania as the world champion? Finn Balor. Finn Balor, if they if they push them the right way, you can't push Finn. The only way Finn Balor is going to be on that level, and I agree with you, is if he wins the Royal Rumble. That would be exciting for him to actually fucking win something. Like, push the fucking man. The way, they, the way they've downplayed him since he won the Universal title initially has been ridiculous. So you can't, you can't say with a straight face he'd be ready right now. No, he wouldn't. Not be quite upset. You know, you can't even say Seth Rollins would, can be the man right now. That's why Seth Rollins, <laughs> that's why Seth Rollins is the Intercontinental Champion. If Seth Rollins was ready for prime time like he was back in 2014, he'd be there right now. I mean, you never know. You never know what can happen between now and WrestleMania. I'm with you 100%. We can move on, but I'm just trying to say Brock Lesnar is necessary. If he wasn't, I would say he wasn't, but Brock Lesnar is necessary. If you want Brock, if you want to put a big name challenging Brock for the title at WrestleMania, everybody makes sense. That's what a true main event guy is when you can put anybody up against them and everybody makes sense. Brock versus Braun makes sense. Brock, uh, Brock versus Roman Reigns makes sense. Brock versus Seth Rollins makes sense. Brock versus Daniel Bryan. I'll go to SmackDown. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. Brock versus The Rock makes sense. But you have to have a man who holds the title that makes sense in a main event caliber match at WrestleMania. Not just TLC. Not Backlash. WrestleMania. And believe it or not, and want to agree with it or not, Brock Lesnar is the best 
We got. Ugh. All right, let's move on. Moving on. <laughs> Don't want to talk Brock Lesnar anymore. Let's fuck Brock Lesnar. All right. <laughs> Moving on, we go back to the ring. We have a Natalia coming out to cut a promo. Um, okay, so Natalia goes to her promo saying usually she she comes out with a smile because she wears her heart on her sleeve. But she has to get something on her chest about Ruby Riot. She said that Ruby Riot doesn't respect any person or anything in this business and that she made it personal when she destroyed, quote unquote, Jim Knight Hart sunglasses, quote unquote, because, you know, we all know those are not Jim Knight Hart sunglasses. Like, come on. We know that. that. Natalia keeps saying that she tried that Ruby tried to destroy the Anvil's legacy and she keeps saying how she was spoon fed everything in WWE because of who her dad is. Uh, Natalia goes on to say that she had to fight for everything she had. She even brought up the goddamn one thing that they barely never bring up. They don't even say it by name. They say the event that happened in Canada. She said it. She said the Montreal screw job. And I'm just like, well, breaking kayfabe, aren't we? <laughs> We're just going to break fake. We're breaking kayfabe this episode. We're just going to break kayfabe everywhere. And she said that she had to overcome that and more to get to WWE. And that she's damn proud to be a heart. And she's damn proud to represent her family in WWE. She also said that she's going to treat Ruby about respect at TLC. And will dedicate the match to her dad. And then she starts crying. And I'm just like, in my inside, I'm like crying. I'm like, on the outside, I'm like, okay. Okay. Uh, she says she will take every tear and emotion to drive Ruby through a table, and there's nothing she can do about it. And as she's talking, here comes Ruby Riot and her riot squad. So, Sarah, I should never talk on the mic. Logan and Liv head in the back as Ruby takes the mic. Now, there's something big standing next to her. It has a black cloth over it. I'm just like, it's a table, obviously. Come on. Something that big. Like, I thought it was a present at first. I'm like, oh, no, it's a table. So then she mocks Natalia for crying again. And Ruby said that Natalia needs a good counselor. And she says that Natalia doesn't represent the hearts. She just disappoints them. Then she says she has a present for Natalia. I'm like, oh, boy, is it a table that you're going to put her through? A table, ladders, and chairs? Oh no, it's not just a table. It's a table with her daddy's face on it. And I'm just like, oh, oh, come on. Now, at the time, I'm livid, but I had to like really sit down and think about it. I was like, okay, Jim probably would have thought this was the most funniest thing in the whole entire world. Because he likes storylines like that. Like, if Jim the Anvil was still living, he would probably think this is the funniest thing in the world. He loves storylines like this. He would have thought it was funny. So I literally had to think like I was Jim Nightheart. So I'm just like, all right, carry on. Carry on. So then Ruby said, um, Ruby says her and her daddy will be closer than ever when she puts her through that table on Sunday. And she mocks Natalia as her music hits. And I'm just like, kind of in poor taste. But okay. 
Yeah, it was it was in poor taste. I think I think WWE has recently um, gone a little bit too far, taking real life situations and trying to exploit them. I know exploit is kind of a red button word, but I think it's appropriate. Um, trying trying to exploit real life situations, and I honestly think when it comes to this whole Ruby Riot um, Natalia thing, I think two words come to mind, and that's too soon. Yeah, I think I think it's just too soon. I I mean, the, God rest his soul, he's not warm in the grave. I mean, he's not uh, cold in the grave yet, and you're already mocking the death. I I think it's too much, and I'm not gonna lie. For somebody like myself who's not uncomfortable by, by much, it makes me uncomfortable. The Roman Reigns uh, mention of, of the leukemia um, by Dean Ambrose has made me uncomfortable, and so has Ruby Riot's uh, mocking of of Jim Neidhart. Yeah, it's it's a little. If he was still living, he probably would have thought funniest shit ever. But he's dead, and I'm just like, poor taste. The man has barely been dead a couple months yet. Like, let's chill out. So, being said on a quick side note, but I think Ruby Riot's pretty awesome. I do. I think she's very talented, but I just think right now they're pushing her in a direction. Um, It's similar to uh, it's similar to the Becky Lynch situation before. They came to their senses and realized that Becky should just be an anti-hero instead of a heel. Um, they're trying to make Ruby Riot such a nasty heel that Natalia gets cheered. And quite frankly, as much as I respect Natalia, and I don't know if you agree on this, but Natalia is pretty boring. Which so, is why there's rumors swirling saying that they were going to turn her heel before her dad died. So I'm like, okay, so we're going to turn her heel again. It didn't work the first time. Why are we going to turn it a second time? Like, come on. And one more thing. The crying is getting out of control. Like, it's she's crying every single week. It, 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 yeah, it's we get it. Like, she's upset that her dad died. But come on. Come on. Let's not have her cry every week. Exactly. So then we get a backstage pre-recorded video from Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Dolph Ziggler said he plucked Drew McIntyre from obscurity. And maybe tonight he will send him back. And then he goes on to say that he is not the good guy or the bad guy. He's Dolph Ziggler. And that he doesn't understand why Finn Balor got involved last week because he doesn't need his help. So then we go back. We come back from the break and out comes Drew McIntyre looking like a whole snack. Um, Relax. Sorry. It's okay. Michael Cole says Finn Balor is not here tonight because Drew quote-unquote, injure him last week. Now, if you have not read the reports, there are reports swirling everywhere about what happened to Finn over the week because, you know, they had house shows overseas um, last this week. and Sorry, last week. And Finn was sent home early from the tour. So a lot of people started saying that Finn is injured. But I'm just like, no, he's not injured. That's just KFAP is actually sick. He has an illness. We don't know what that illness is, but hopefully he gets good to go by Sunday. Let's let's hope Finn gets well. Let's hope Finn gets well. Yo, smile. Is it just me or there are so many question marks about this pay per view on Sunday? Oh God, there's so many, <laughs> so many. Wow. Like, hopefully Finn is well enough to come on Sunday. Hopefully Braun is good enough. His, you know, he he had to have surgery on his elbow. He really did. He had to have surgery on his elbow. I mean, but my God, talk about cards subject to change. Good Lord. 
Yeah, this one's just like, yeah, I think I will, I will replace Finn. I will just replace Braun because, you, you know, like having him come back from surgery so soon, like you could like re-injure that elbow and make it 10 times worse. But OK, Vince, for real, for real. You're, you're the boss. Whatever you say goes. So I think, I, I think I think Vince is on his last legs, honestly. I think I think the company's in a little bit of now, this is just me speculating. I think the company's in a little bit of trouble. I think, I think they're picking for straws, and I think that, I think it's bad. I really do. I, I don't know what the state financially is of WWE, but um, the product is suffering, and I think it's really. I'm not going to go up on a tangent here. I'm just going to say I, I think there's a reason for concern. There is definitely a reason for concern with all these bad, bad episodes of Raw. It's just I think Vince should just. Step down, hand the reins over to Triple H. Obviously, he knows what the hell he's doing because, hello, look at NXT. <laughs> look at NXT. <laughs> NXT, the number one brand in the industry right now, in my opinion. The number one brand. Definitely. Definitely. Even he got 205 Live out of obscurity. 205 Live was doing bad. Now everyone loves the Cruiserweights, especially Mustafa Ali, but we'll get to that. Yes, yes. Because the leadership. Okay, so back to Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler again. Um, Char- uh, Charlie Caruso meets Drew in the ring and asks him about challenging Dolph tonight. Uh, Drew goes on about not being undefeated and how that makes him more dangerous. He says he will finish Finn for good on Sunday. And that he is making Raw a better place for everyone, including the fans. He doesn't care if they don't like him. They will respect him. And I'm like, oh, dear Lord, that's a song. So <laughs> I'm like, it's a song that I know and I know it's on my phone. I just can't think of the name of it. Um, Drew goes on and on and says that Dolph Ziggler is about to get his head kicked off. And here comes Dolph Ziggler. So this match... Holy shit. This match was brutal. Poor Dolph gets his ass handed to him. Handed to him. He did. He did. He did. He almost had something when um Drew was down on the outside of the ring and barely made it to to back inside the ring for the ten count. He literally came back right to nine count. Um so Ziggler goes to deliver a super kick, but he collapses as his leg goes out. Um, Drew laughs at him. Drew yells at Dolph and taunts him to get back up. Then Dolph kicks Drew's leg down and nails a zigzag for a close two count. I thought he had it. I was like, shit! Right, exactly. So Dolph looks like to be going for a super kick, but McIntyre levers him with a Claymore kick for the pin to win. So then after the match, Drew grabs Dolph Ziggler and sends him into the ring post as the music stops. Dolph Ziggler rolls to the floor. Drew takes apart the steel ring steps and goes to put Ziggler down on them, but the officials run down to stop him. Drew backs off, but turns and delivers another Claymore kick <coughs> to Dolph's face while he's down on the floor. Drew laughs some more and stands tall. Drew looks up from the stage as his music starts back up, and Dolph tries to get up at ringside. 
<laughs> and I'm just like, oh, that's brutal. But I learned that this is a way to write Dolph off a of TV for a while. Because if you did if you did not know, Dolph Ziggler is actually going on a comedy tour right after TLC. So he's going to be gone for a while. And I'm just like, okay, sweet. I'm hoping that he's coming out here, but he's not, sadly. I really want to go to one of his shows. I hear he's hilarious. So then the announcer, sh- huh? What'd you say? I just want to add one quick thing about Dolph Ziggler. Anybody who's been living under a rock, that's the only way you wouldn't know how much of a fan of Dolph Ziggler I am. Um, I think that I think Dolph Ziggler will go down along with here's a name from the past, Billy Gunn, as two of the most underutilized superstars in the history of WWE. True. That's all I wanted to say. That's all I wanted to say. You are very, very true. So then the announcers show us how Rhino was fired last week and how Heath Slater was demoted demoted to the role of referee. Now, if you did not watch um, WWE earlier Monday, Rhino actually put out a video on WWE's YouTube saying that he heard a rumor about him retiring and said that those rumors are completely untrue and that he still will be working all the house shows that he he's uh, sorry his obligated shows that he has to do for the remainder of his contract and that after that he has no idea what he's gonna do and i'm just like either you're gonna go to smackdown or you're gonna be doing backstage work with jason jordan and matt hardy which i i wouldn't be too mad at or, you know, having him as an NXT trainer. I mean, he's been in the game for, like, what, 20-plus years? Absolutely. So, to have him go down at NXT and be in the Performance Center, he could show all those guys, like, really, like, how to work. Like, I, I wouldn't be mad if Rhino just became a trainer. Like, I wouldn't be mad at that. I love Rhino. Rhino's really sweet. Really sweet guy. So, um... So then we have Bailey versus Alicia Fox. So we go to the ring and out comes Sasha and Bailey. And um, then after the break, out comes Alicia Fox with Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers. Now, I like, look, look, I've been proud of Alicia Fox, okay? She's getting a push, and I don't care what anybody says. If you have not been watching the Mixed Match Challenge, we have finalists. The finalists are Carmella and R-Truth versus Alicia Fox and Jinder Mahal. Now, a lot of people are on Twitter are actually angry. I'm just like, look, you would have been angry if it was anybody else. Like, if it was like, okay, not you would have been angry. It would have been like, oh, it's the same old people. Like, you would have been mad if it was Oscar and The Miz going against Bailey and Apollo Crews or somebody. Y'all would have been livid. Because you'd be like, ah, it's them again, blah, 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 blah. But they act, it's called Mix Match Challenge. As in, we're going to mix shit up. So. I agree. I agree 100% with you. So the fact that Alicia Fox is actually going on a goddamn pay-per-view, even though it's the, it's the, the, the pre-show, and she might be getting a freaking vacation that she so truly deserves. She's been in this game. She's been in WWE for over 13, 15, 13 to 15 years. She just got a t-shirt this year. She barely gets used. 
So the fact that she's going, that she's the finalist on Mixed Match Challenge, I don't want to hear any of it. I don't want to hear any of your boohoo, whining, crying, you and bitching. Shut up. Okay? Completely. I, I agree with you. And on the flip side, the uh, uh, Truth and, and Carmella are hot as fish grease right now. So I have no problem with that either. I have no problem with any of this. It's a lot of people going, oh, this, this is the finalist. This is going on a pay-per-view. And it's going to be boring. All these jobbers. I was like, jobbers? I'm like, Alicia Fox is the first and only, first and only African-American Divas champion. She was the only one. The first and the only one. Only one. So you want to hear me hype up this match like like nobody else? Like, yes. Like nobody business. Yes. All right. So you got you have like you said the first ever African American former Divas champion in history teaming up with the former WWE champion Ginger Ball versus former SmackDown Women's Champion Carmella and the first ever African American. NWA heavyweight champion are true. Tell me I didn't hype it up. You hyped it up. All this black magic. I love it. <laughs> oh, all this black magic. I love it. Just pissing people I I off. Love I love it. Okay, sorry. Back to Bailey and Alicia Fox. Eh, it's okay. It was is it's an okay match. Uh again, um, I'm going to keep on saying that. What is I keep forgetting Alicia Fox's move. That oh god, what is her? What is it? I can't remember. Fuck, I cannot remember what her move is. That she, it's it's a um. Alicia Fox. Yeah, what's her uh? Axe, the axe kick. No, the other one. Oh, I don't know. Oh god, um. Oh god, I can't remember. But it's she literally has one of her uh. uh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can barely talk, guys. Um. She literally has one of the best of these, and she's literally so good at it that a lot of people try to, like, do it like her, but they can't do it like her. And I'm just like, what you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, I agree. Can I, can I add one tidbit real quick? Because I want yeah. to make sure I'm factual. Yeah. Uh, R-Truth was not the first NWA world champion that was African-American. I was very wrong. I got to give, I got to correct myself. It was Bobo Brazil way back in 1924. Uh, no, I'm wrong. He was born in 1924 and he won the NWA title. It doesn't say, but Bobo Brazil back in the 50s and 60s was the first black uh, NWA champion. My apologies. Yes, that's all good. Okay, sorry, I remember it now. It's the Northern Lights Suplex. I don't care what anybody says. Alicia Fox has one of the best Northern Lights Suplexes. I don't care what anybody says. Fight me. Fight me. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you the problem with Alicia Fox. Alicia, Fla- Alicia Fox is super athletic. Alicia Fox is very talented. But Alicia Fox has been lost in the shuffle. And Alicia Fox, her gimmick as far as like being kind of this quirky, like off the wall kind of lady, I think it's really stupid. It is. I, I don't I don't like it at all. Um, but she's super athletic, like pure athleticism. She's probably one of the best athletes in the women's division, period. But she just doesn't, she doesn't get to, you know, show the world how good she is. Like she's one of the best. She's a veteran. Like She's a veteran in the game. She's been there since. 
day one. She's been there since, you know, they were still quirky divas. Yeah. Booker T actually says that her axe kick is almost as good as his. It is. Like, I don't care anybody says. Alicia Fuck deserves a title shot or something. I don't I don't care. No, what wait, anybody wait, says. She doesn't deserve a title shot in 2018. No, she doesn't. <sighs> Fine. She deserves something. <laughs> I like I like Alicia Fox. I'm glad. How about this? I'm glad she's on television. Fine. Fine. You gotta remember, you gotta remember, Smy, TV time is huge. There was about a month where Sash and Bailey weren't on TV. True. So TV time, come on now. Like if Alicia Fox is on TV every week, that's the best we can hope for. She's not she's not raw or SmackDown women's championship uh caliber at this stage in her career. But you know, she's had a very prevalent role lately. She was on Evolution, which is huge. So, you know, that's all you could ask for at this point. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. You know I'm right. She deserves the world, but anyways. Oh God! Now this match it got a little weird because Apollo Cruz came out of freaking nowhere and started fighting Sunil and Samir, the same brothers. But then Sasha got an idea that made half of Twitter run rampant for like two hours. Sasha told Apollo to pick her up and throw her into Sunil Singh and Jinder Mahal. So Apollo decided, okay, I'll do it. Picked her up, but instead of picking her up by her leg, he got a handful of some Sasha goods and threw her into into. Okay, it wasn't creepy. It It really wasn't. It wasn't. But you know how you know how Twitter. You know how Twitter is. They like to take. Technically, when a man does that to a woman. Uh, from what I've seen, again, I, I'm I'm very I'm very fluent as you are from the journalistic side. Never been in the ring, but I understand the way it's done when a man gives a woman a gorilla press is the woman kind of crosses her legs in the air and the man kind of holds her by the thigh, the upper thigh, mm-hmm. um, instead of crotching her like he would do a man because nobody cares if, if you do it to a man like man like it's it's kind of like the prerequisite kind of like crotch kind of area but when it's done to a woman yes it gets crazy attention i don't think there was anything creepy about it i don't (laughs) but it definitely set twitter on fire yes it set twitter on fire saying a lot of people was like apollo got to touch sasha down there like i know he's over there all happy he got away with that i'm like look look where else was he supposed to grab her by like I'm sorry, he kind of didn't have a choice, but he had to grab her. Like, it's not even in that way. They're both married. And you know what? And they're both professionals. Exactly. They're professionals. Chill out. Chill the hell out. So then after that, um, Bailey hit a Bailey to Belly suplex on Alicia Fox for the pin to win. So then after the match, we see Dean Ambrose backstage looking at the graphics for Corbin versus Rollins. And then we go to commercial. So then we go back and Charlie Caruso is backstage with Dean Ambrose and Dean Ambrose tells her not to call him the, the lunatic friend. And I'm just like, but, but that's, that's, that's your name. You're the lunatic French, Dean Ambrose. But okay, let's, okay, fine. He tells her he's not interested in letting her speak at all. And, um, it appears and, 
Ambrose goes on to talk about how Seth is doing everything for his big fat ego, including the TLC match with Baron Corbin tonight. Ambrose says that Rollins always stepped on him and Roman Reigns to get ahead and that um, he will take the title from Seth on Sunday if he still has it after tonight. Then Charlie asked Dean what Roman would think about everything going on. And Ambrose says, who cares? So then Charlie asked him about this uh, video package showing the events from the night that Roman announced his leukemia battle and the them winning the titles and then Dean turning on him. And um, Ambrose looks away and doesn't have anything to say as Charlie holds the mic to him and he just walks away. And I'm just like, really? Really? We're still not done with this? getting stupid like Dean, Dean Ambrose has yet to cut a legit promo about this Seth Rollins situation and it's really corny like I mean this whole like silent treatment thing after the third week it, it gets kind of it gets played out I mean he did come out looking like Bane so we got that no I mean Dean look Dean is looking like a boss Dean looks good you know, he, he's jacked up he, he looks good he looks the part but you gotta talk man you gotta talk I, I know. So then we got to what everyone gets excited for on Monday Night Raw. Hello, an Elias concert. Yes, oh, yes, cool. yes. True, but oh god. So Elias comes out and plays the guitar as the fans cheer because hello, <laughs> an Elias concert is what we all want. So Elias talks about how Bobby Lashley did a radio interview today and said if he could move, if he could, he would move the San Diego sports team to a cool city like Los Angeles. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> I laughed. I giggled a little bit, just a little tiny bit. Um, Elias goes on and says, everyone here knows what Lashley will find out on TLC on Sunday that WWE stands for Walk with Elias! <laughs> it really does. It really does. Even though he has no titles. Zero. He deserves one. <clears throat> so then we see the photo on the big screen of Elias smashing the guitar over Leo Rush last week. So then Elias starts his concert taking a shot at Lashley, but then the music is interrupted, and here comes Rush with Lashley. So then we get Leo Rush versus Elias. Yes, guys, Leo Rush makes his WWE Monday Night Raw debut, and I'm just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> what is going on? First Spud last week, now Leo. Okay, small guys are winning. Let's do this. Like, for real, for real. So then, as the match is about to begin, we get Heath Slater coming out to the ring to officiate his first match. So, Leo Rush uses his speed against Elias to start, but Elias catches him. Rush counters and lands on his feet, but Elias easily grounds him. Elias keeps control by Rush's arm now as Bobby looks on. So then Elias overpowers Leo Rush again and takes him to the corner. Elias launches Leo across the ring. Elias with a chop in the corner. Elias whips Leo Rush into the opposite corner and he hits hard, falling to the floor and clutching his back in pain. Elias rolls Leo back in 
and Lashley grabs Elias' boot as he Slater is somehow distracted. Then Elias kicks him back, but Leo Rush takes advantage and works him over. Elias comes back in, but Leo Rush keeps the vill- ah, delivering strikes. Elias keeps Leo Rush in a wheelchair, turning that into a sit-down powerbomb. Uh, then here comes Bobby Lashley breaking the pin up and pounds on poor Elias, but for somehow, some way, he Slater is not calling the match as a DQ. We're just going to sit here and let Bobby beat up Elias. So then Slater asks Bobby to leave the ring. Lashley gets in poor he Slater face and intimidates him. And he Slater backs off. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm pissed. I'm like, really? He Slater is a heel referee? What year is it? I have no idea what year it is. Like, seriously. <laughs> what goddamn year is it? Shit, that we have heel referees. I don't give a fuck. What year is it? So then, Lashley uh, grabs Elias and nails a big choke slam. Bobby Lashley stares at Slater before waking Leo Rush up, pointing him to Elias' guitar ringside. Leo Rush brings the guitar back into the ring. Bobby Lashley grabs the guitar and smashes it over the back of Elias as he tries to get back up. Leo Rush rolls back into the ring and covers Elias for the pin, but Slater hesitates. Bobby Lashley turns to Slater, and Slater slowly makes the count for the win. And I'm just like, oh my god. Is this what we have to deal with? Heath Slater as a scaredy bitch type of uh, referee that is too scared of people and doesn't call matches. What the fuck? Pretty much. Oh, Lord. What year is it? So then after the match, Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley celebrate as disgusted Slater marches to the back. So then we see Alexa Blake's backstage talking to a somebody, a staff and staff, and that she will be moderating the Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey face-off. So then we go back from commercial, and out comes Alexa Bliss, then Nia Jax, and Tamina Snuka. So Nia starts taking shots at Ronda Rousey. Uh, Nia Jax goes on and on, and then, of course, looks at her hand that she punched poor Becky Lynch in the face with, and, of course, talks about how she put Becky Lynch down with said hand. And that she will do the same thing to Ronda Rousey on Sunday. But she won't just stop with one punch. And then she goes on and on about how she's a strategist. And how she would defeat Ronda. And if she blocks a punch. And then she screams. And I was like, oh, okay. That woke you up. If that scream. <laughs> I was just like, god damn, Nia, shit. So then the music interrupts and out comes Ronda. So Rhonda says, she, as she comes out, she says she didn't come out here to hit her poses and talk about fighting. She came to fight. So Rhonda rushes the ring as Naya and Tamina retreat to the floor. Then they regroup and hit the apron and stare Rhonda down. But then here comes my girl, Amber. And she runs down to join Rhonda in the ring. And I'm just like, oh, it's a fight now. Y'all about to get y'all asses handed to. Now... It's- 
down. It's about to go down. By the way, Ember deserves a title shot. <coughs> she deserves to be champion. <coughs> she needs a title. <coughs> she needs a title. <laughs> she needs a title. I hear you. I, I no argument there. No argument there. So then we come back from commercial break again, and the match is underway. We we got a tag team match, y'all. Holla, holla, holla. So then <clears throat> we have this. The match was actually pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. If I do say so myself, Ember always puts on. I can't remember. I think you asked me, is she still undefeated? I don't think so. I can't remember. Is she still undefeated? No. She actually lost to um, the Riot Squad, I think, twice. I think. I can't remember. No, I think you're right. Yeah. So, how this ended was um, Tamina. <laughs> tried to go for a power slam uh, at a two count, and Ronda was cheering. Oh, it's not sorry, it's not a tag match. It's Ember versus Tamina. My bad. Um, Ronda Rousey is outside cheering on Ember, and then Ember counters that power slam and drops Tamina with her knees to the face, knee to face. Then Ember goes to the top, but Nia Jax gets on the apron. Ronda Rousey pulls her off and sends her over the barrier, and I think she actually crashed somebody in the audience. So then Ember goes back up and hits the Eclipse on Tamina for the pin to win. And then after the match, Ronda Rousey hits the ring to raise Ember's arm at the end. And we, even though Ember was trying to like raise her hand, Ronda's like, no, 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 it's not about me. It's about you, Ember. It's about you. That's the one thing I kind of like about Ronda. Even if, you know, if she's a champion and, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, kind of about her. She's very humble. Like, no, it's not about me. It's about you. This is about Ember Moon. I like that. Like, she, Ember tried to, like, raise her hand. And she's like, no, 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 no. Don't raise my hand. Let me raise yours. And I'm just like, oh. Like, I, I, I was, like, kind of happy. And I was like, yes. Like her being a humble. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> so then... We get a look at Seth Rollins preparing for the main event backstage, and we go back to commercial. So then we come back from the break, and Charlie Caruso approaches Baron Corbin in his office. Charlie asked, about, uh, asked her about an abuse of power, and Corbin Lee jokingly asked if she was trying to get sent to SmackDown. And in Charlie's head, she's like, dear God, yes, send me to SmackDown, please. <laughs> Corbin says the WWE Universe would have been deprived of seeing him use a table, ladder, or chair if he didn't accept the challenge tonight. Then Charlie asks him about the rumors of Braun Strowman showing up on TLC on Sunday, and he dismisses them. Corbin says that this may be his first TLC match, but he will give Seth just a taste. Then he'll experience more when he is the permanent general manager. So then the we go back to the announcers and it is now we got to change the TLC card. Now it is Elias versus Lashley and a tables match. And the guitar will be hanging above the ring as a weapon. It is a guitar on a pole match. And you have to climb the ladder to get said guitar. And whoever gets the guitar will be able to use the guitar throughout the whole match. And I'm just like, really? We've had one of these matches before with a Kendo second a pole match. You see how bad that match was? We're going to have another one of these? Where's, where's Double J at? Isn't this, isn't this Double J's match? 
Shout out to Double J. He was at SmackDown too. Lord, what year is it? Shit. <laughs> so then we're back from break, and the announcers lead us to a new coming soon vignette for Lars oh, Sullivan. God help us all. And now he's not just coming soon, no. It says that he is now lurking. And I'm just like, oh, that's peaceful. Lars Sullivan is lurking. That's creepy. So I wish he would lurk in the middle of oncoming traffic. <laughs> no, I'm going to let you take over the reins for this match because my ass actually fell asleep. I didn't even wake up until like damn near the end of the match. So if you remember the match, you want to go ahead and talk about it, buddy? What are we talking about? We're talking about what's the next match on the card? We have the it's the uh, main event, the TLC match for the WWE Intercontinental Title, Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins. I was asleep most of the match, so if you want to go ahead and talk about it, let's do it. Absolutely. Well, I mean, as we know, the Intercontinental Championship was on the line, um, as Smy was talking about earlier. Um, Rollins was able to goad Baron Corbin into the match by calling him a coward. And then Corbin accepted reluctantly, but then, to his benefit, put the Intercontinental Championship on the line. So, as we come back from commercial, the Intercontinental Championship is dangling over the ring. Seth Rollins comes into the ring with his music playing correctly this time. Correctly. Uh, Correctly. And Corbin enters as well. And it's a back-and-forth battle, pretty much. Um, Many chair shots. Seth Rollins, this spot off the top top of the ladder. It certainly wasn't a short changed version of a TLC match that we see on network television compared to pay-per-view. They definitely gave it to us, so that kind of makes me wonder whether or not Braun Strowman will be at TLC, considering the fact that WWE really did put on a good match. Seth and and Corbin did put on a good match with some real significant spots. Um, Leg drop off the top of the ladder. Uh, Corbin um, did kind of like a whirly bird, kind of old-school deal with the ladder hit uh, Rollins in the head. Um, You know, Superplex off the top rope into the Falcon Arrow. A lot of good spots. But the major aspect of the match that really broke down everything was, as the aforementioned Heath Slater was the referee of his second match of the night in his first ever main event as a referee. As Seth Rollins was climbing the ladder, apparently to his victory and to retain the Intercontinental Championship, Heath Slater looks up at Seth Rollins and teases, initially teases pushing over the ladder, but apparently comes to his senses. But he didn't come to his senses for long, pushes the ladder over, and crash and burn goes Seth Rollins. Now I saw that. I woke up for that. I was like, what the fuck? But I went back to sleep. Yes, and we're and we're talking about me really believing now that we're going to have a new Intercontinental Champion, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Somehow, Seth Rollins was able to recover from that. Um, Baron Corbin very awkwardly climbs the ladder, very awkwardly <laughs> looking down, making sure that he doesn't climb too fast so Seth Rollins can catch him. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, uh, Seth Rollins is able to retain after he super kicks Heath Slater in the face as Heath Slater attempts to apologize for almost decapitating him on the top rope. I'm sorry, Seth. I'm sorry I pushed you down off of a 15-foot ladder and had your throat go across the top rope. Please forgive me. I didn't mean it. I'm having some job issues. I have kids. 
Seth Rollins is like, to hell with you, super kick in the face, climbs the ladder, and retains the Intercontinental Championship as Dean Ambrose comes out to the stage and looks and stares down Seth, who is standing triumphantly on top of the ladder with his Intercontinental Championship over his shoulder. Roll credits. And that is the end of Monday Night Raw. Eh, another eh. Okay, Monday Night Raw. I'm not gonna give it. It's not the best. So it was okay. I thought it was okay, and compared to last class, week, I guess I guess okay is pretty good. Yeah, it was okay. So let's get to the real A show, SmackDown Live. Now SmackDown Live, it was going to be an okay card. You had Naomi versus um uh, um uh, uh Bootleg Eva Marie. You had Charlotte versus Asuka in a WrestleMania rematch. You had the New Day. Uh, you had the Usos and the Bar in a rap battle with New Day as the host. It was going to be an okay, you know, SmackDown Live. But then, about an hour before the show, news outlets started to say, oh, we're getting a surprise first time ever match. I was like, oh, dear God, who's it going to be? A lot of people saying it was going to be AJ Styles versus somebody. And I'm just like, who else? Like, who who, who else could it be? But then the WWE dropped a bomb. For the first time ever, Mustafa Ali versus the new Daniel Bryan. And inside, as soon as I saw that title, I screamed, I jumped, I was like, oh, hell yes. If you do not watch 205 Live, you are missing out. Mustafa Ali, one of the top three best cruiserweights they got in the whole entire division. I agree. He is the best, and of course, he is from my town. He is from Chicago. So I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. This is going to be the shit. You're from, you're from Florida now. I am not from Florida. I am not from Florida. My license plate still says Chicago. My license still says I'm from Chicago. So until I change either of those, I am still a Chicagoan. Nothing says Florida on me, okay? I have nothing in papers that says I'm a Floridian, okay? <laughs> Look how upset you got. I love it. I love it. Not a Floridian. Call me that shit. You, you represent Chicago. I'm just joking. Whew. All right, so let's get to SmackDown Live. So we are in the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Now, if you did not watch last year's Las Vegas show, it was okay, but Ty Dillinger was still on, it was still on TV, so it was still good. So we go down to the ring, and out comes Daniel Bryan as Greg Hamilton introduces him. We see a clip from last week when Bryan tried to injure the leg of AJ Styles ahead of their match on TLC on Sunday. So as you come out, fans are booing, and I'm just like, good lord, it's 2018, and Daniel Bryan is getting booed, and he's WWE champion. Who would have thunk? So then he takes the mic and looks around the crowd. He said he's sorry for calling everyone sheep last week, but he's apologizing to the sheep and that they don't deserve to be compared to you idiots. Brian says the sheep aren't the ones destroying the earth with mindless consumption and their carbon footprints. Brian says the fans aren't like sheep. They're more like parasites. So then the Daniel suck chants start up. And of course, he responds with his favorite word, fickle, and goes on and on about how fans take and 
to help fans take and take and, and never giving anything back like parasites, especially here in Las Vegas. And Daniel isn't surprised because the fans latched on to the old Daniel Bryan and the Yes movement living vicariously through him. And that guess what? The old Daniel Bryan is dead. And I'm just like, okay, Taylor Swift, we get it. You're not the old Taylor Swift. She's dead. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. That Daniel Bryan is dead and the Yes movement is dead. But just like any parasite, the fans have moved on the next fickle onto the next fickle field and now they all reside on the couch in the house that AJ Styles built. Now she's like, oh good one. So then Daniel Bryan raises his title and says that he is the WWE champion, not AJ, and that he will crush sorry, crash AJ's dreams of being WWE champion again at TLC on Sunday. And Brian says at the end of the match of the WWE at the end of the match, the WWE champion will be the new Daniel Bryan. The fans start booing. Daniel says, You don't believe him? Daniel's uh, fans respond with a no chant. Brian goes on, knocking the fans, calling them all idiots, and then out comes Mustafa Ali and I am screaming. I'm like, Yes! <laughs> so then Mustafa Ali has a mic and he's walking to the ring. Now, Brian introduces Mustafa and says he is the heart of 205 Live, and he's an incredible performer. And I'm just like, I know inside Brian is like giddy as a schoolgirl. <laughs> I know he is. Brian gets the... It, definitely, yeah, I agree. In real life, he's definitely a mark for, for the young up-and-comers, and he's definitely a big supporter. Yes. So Brian tells Mustafa that he's an incredible performer and that he sees a lot of himself in Mustafa. Brian wants to give Mustafa some advice. They don't need to have this match tonight. Brian says after the match, the people won't care because they're too self-absorbed, too xenophobic. And I'm just like, ooh, well, they were kind of xenophobic when Mustafa first began. When he first started on 205 Live, they were very xenophobic because, you know, he's of Muslim descent and all that. You know how some people on Twitter are. They're really assholes. And that they're too consumed with mindless consumption. And fans started to give Brian the what treatment. So Brian says the truth is that these fickle people don't deserve their match. The fans start booing. And Brian responds with a fickle chant. Mustafa asks Brian what happened to him. Mustafa says Daniel Bryan inspired him and made him realize it was possible to become a WWE superstar. And Mustafa talks about how all the guys in the back look up to him and how he had heart. And Mustafa says Bryan keeps talking about the old Daniel Bryan, but the old Daniel Bryan would have fought. And that's what Ali wants to do. Fight. And then a fight chant breaks out. So then Bryan decides to ask a weird question and ask Mustafa what kind of car he drives. And Mustafa says he drives an SUV because he got kids. Come on. So then Brian calls him a small little man and asks why he would drive an SUV. I was like, because SUVs are big and plus he got two kids. He has a wife and two kids. And plus these two kids are so fucking pretty. Like, oh my God, these are such good looking kids. They're just so cute. So then Brian interrupts him with a slap to the face, sending a lead to the mat. And then Brian calls him ignorant and keeps hating him. Then Ali, hey, you know he's right. He's right. What the hell are you driving an SUV for, Ali? You know what? 
You people make me sick. You guys are not environmentally conscious at all. I agree with the new Daniel Bryan. It's time for you to get your crap. Oh, shut up. Okay, because I'm lying. I definitely drive an SUV myself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to say, um, don't you drive an SUV? <laughs> <laughs> no. I really do. I really do. Now, I don't drive an SUV. I still have my very small 2003 Toyota Corolla, but if I could, if I could, I would definitely get a goddamn SUV because I like big cars. I drove one all the way to Georgia during the Florida hurricane of 2018. Sorry, yeah, 2018. So if I could, I would trade up and get me an SUV because I like SUVs and I like feeling big behind the wheel and not, <laughs> and not feeling like someone's small little grandma. <laughs> so then... So then Mustafa fights back and gets the upper hand. Ali knocks Brian out of the ring and drop kicks him back to the floor. Ali goes to the top and leaps out, taking Brian back down on the floor. Ali returns to the ring and plays the crowd for a huge pop. Now this match, oh my god, for Mustafa's first match on SmackDown Live, it was good. I don't care. Look, he may have lost this match to Daniel Bryan. I don't care. Look, Mustafa deserves more matches. Okay, I want Mustafa Ali ver- sorry, versus Andrade Cienamos. I need it. I need it. Okay, I need it. If you're not going to give Mustafa Ali the Cruiserweight Championship like it should have done at WrestleMania instead of having Cedric keep it and then drop it to fucking Bernie Murphy in his hometown, Mustafa should have took it. He deserves it. He's literally one of the hardest workers in 205 Live. Like, he is very popular. A lot, he has a lot of fans. And the fact that people still were, like, dapping up. Even on Twitter, a lot of people were just like, you know, you deserve it. You did so great. People like Charlotte was talking about how good he was. If you didn't see the video, the Usos dapped him up. The New Day, uh, Jeff Hardy, even Matt Hardy on Twitter talked about how good Mustafa Ali was. If both the Hardy brothers are telling you how good you are, you have made it. The Hardy boys. The Hardy boys. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a huge fan for Mustafa. I just, I just, yeah, I'm with you. I agree. I agree. I, I want everything really from backstage moment. I thought so too. I, I want everything from Mustafa. So this was a good match. You said what? You said what? I want everything for Mustafa. I want everything for him. <laughs> he deserves everything. I don't care. He deserves the world. God damn it. He's so good. God damn it. He deserves a title. He deserves something. Shit. He is, he is very talented. Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm such a fan. I'm such a mark. I love this man. He's so cool. Okay, sorry. Let me back to this match. So the way this... Take it easy. I'm sorry. I'm such a fan. Like, he's like the number one guy I will mark out for. Like, if anybody ever brings up Mustafa, I'm like, did you say something about Mustafa? Because I just want to talk. <laughs> like, I'm... He, he's up there with Naomi. Like, if anybody says Naomi Mustafa, I'm like, huh? What did you say? Did you say, what, what, did you say Mustafa? Because I just want to talk. Because, you know, you said Mustafa. So we're just going to talk. We're going to talk hours about Mustafa. <laughs> Alright, moving on, moving on. So the way this match ended, I'm very upset that um they showed his um 054 during commercial. I was like, really? 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 We're gonna show it during commercial break? God damn it. So um we're uh sorry. So the way this ended after the commercial break, the second commercial break, uh Brian has uh Mustafa down in a yes lock in the middle of the ring. 
uh, Mustafa makes it to the bottom rope to break the hold. We see replays of how Ali hit a top rope Spanish fly during the commercial, and Ali ends up missing the, uh, missing the 054. Daniel goes back to work on the leg and slams it into the ring post. Brian ends up applying the heel hook for the submission win. So then after the match, Brian attacks Mustafa up on the ramp and beats him up some more. Brian appeal, eh, applies the heel hook submission until referees come out and break things up. Brian takes the WWE title and races it on the ramp as his music hits. The crowd responds with loud boos. So then the announcers go over the card for Sunday's TLC, baby, blah, blah, blah. So then we go back to the ring, and it's time for the rap battle. And I'm just like, ha, <laughs> ha. I like rap battles. If you guys remember last last year's rap battle between the Usos and the New Day, things it got epic. it was epic. Shit got a little personal. With the number one thing being, let's not dog get a rated R like your boy Xavier Woods. <laughs> Biggie, uh, you know what's good. I wonder what they were talking about. Wait, so, oh yeah, of course. I wonder what they were talking about, Xavier Woods being all X-rated. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if we should ask the general manager. Nah, never mind. Nope, nope, let's not. Let's not do it. Let's not do it. So, no, no, I just think that if we ask the general manager, maybe she can know who we should talk to. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Such an asshole. (laughs) he's such an asshole so then we're back from the break and the Usos, Jimmy and Jay are already out as are the Smackdown Tag Team Champions The Bar and they're literally dressed like a bootleg Run DMC from the 80s even Sheamus has even got the hat Sheamus cut the hat so his stupid hair stupid uh, what uh, what is Sheamus' hairstyle um um, Mohawk. Mohawk can fit through the hat, and I'm just like, what the fuck are those bootleg as Run DMC's wearing? Stop. So then the New Day mentioned how they will become champions again at TLC on Sunday. Big E says, for some ungodly reason, the bar requested this battle, so they are a first. The bars channel their inner vanilla ice <laughs> with their own version of Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> Which oh god, what did it say? I think he called Shay Oh god, I forgot what he what they actually called it. It was so stupid. I was just like, "What the fuck is this? What am I watching? What what? It was oh my god! It was so so cringy. I was it just was, it really was cringy. It was." I was just like, oh, dear God, this is bad. It's Sorry, it, yeah, it's called Ice Ice Shamey. I was just like, oh, my God. Even Vanilla Ice responded saying, this is so bad. It's awesome. Love it. I was just like, oh, dear God. Vanilla Ice came out of obscurity and, tried <laughs> and actually responded. But sorry. So then... Um, they take shots at the champions. Uh, uh, sorry. Just yeah, it was bad. So then the Usos are up next. Uh, they take shots at the champions, but their bars aren't much better. Um, 
This leads to a you look stupid chant of Seamus. The Usos rap goes long and they even talk about <laughs> they even go to how about how Seamus, I'm sorry, Cesaro actually broke his teeth. They actually go up to the turnbuckle, start talking to the turnbuckle. It was hilarious. It was it so was, funny. It really was. So, um, after that, they go to make a threat for Sunday, but then the bar attacks. The Usos avoid the attacks, causing the bar to hit the floor. The New Day faces off with the Usos in the middle of the ring. The bar attacks from behind. Sheamus hits a bro kick on Big E and a double team Jimmy. Sheamus and Cesaro raise the titles in the middle of the ring while standing over Usos. So then the announcers hype up Asuka versus Charlotte Flair for later tonight. So then we get a backstage pre-recorded video from Asuka. She talks about striking until she wins the title on Sunday. But first, she will defeat Charlotte Flair. So then, still to come, we still have Rusev and Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. So then we go to commercial, then we come back. And the Miz is in the ring with the World Cup trophy, holding it like it's a baby, shaking it too. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I love it. So then he says this week he has custody of the trophy, but he wants SmackDown commissioner Shane McMahon to come out so Miz can get some things off his chest. Miz now, says, little, sorry. Little, little disclaimer, little disclaimer. For anybody who has a trophy, all right, I need you guys to understand, you have to be responsible for the trophy. Oh, my God. If you, no, listen, you, you, see, you think everything's a joke, okay? I'm being serious, all right? <laughs> Oh, God. You sit up here and you have a trophy, all right? You <sighs> need to take care of the trophy. You need to be a man and take care of your responsibility. Nobody told you to bring the trophy into the world. Nobody told you that you were uh, uh, going to just get handed this thing and then you weren't going to be able to take care of it. What it's is going a trophy, on? okay? And you need to be a man and take care of it. And it seems like the Miz is trying to step up and take care of the trophy. Now, Shane McMahon, you need to step up, okay? Because it Boy, takes a happening. lot more. It takes a lot more than a trophy to be the best in the world. So what, be a man, on? and more importantly, be responsible, Shane McMahon. What the hell just happened? <laughs> what, what, what? Never mind. I have no idea what that was. Anyways. You know what it was. It's time for Shane to be a man. It's time for him to not allow the Miz to have to carry the load all by himself. You know, it's being a, a single, being a single trophy holder is not easy. Oh my god! Okay? So <laughs> if, if, you god. Work, if you work collaboratively, it's a little easier. It's not supposed to be one person's job to carry the trophy, shine the trophy, put the trophy on the mantle, make I it have look no good. Idea for what's going on? Okay? Shane McMahon needs to step up and honor his responsibilities. You want to be one half or one third of the best <laughs> in the world? Step up and take care of your responsibilities like a man, okay? <laughs> if you get in the ring and lay down and you want to be get the pin, okay, and be one third best in the world, then you'd have to you have to deal with what happens afterwards, okay? Now you have a trophy to take care of, Shane McMahon. Oh it's time for you god. to do your job and be a man. Thank you. Oh my god. I have no idea what that was, guys. I have no idea. No clue. You know what it was. Dear God. It's me calling out Shane McMahon to be a little <laughs> bit more responsible. That's what it is, okay? I'm so si I'm so sick and tired of people being the best in the world together. Still going. And one person 
one person step up and take responsibility, all right? It's a two-person deal. You had the trophy together. You should take care of it together. Okay. That's the way I feel. <laughs> okay, that weird little segment. Okay. So, sorry. He wants SmackDown Commissioner Shane McMahon to come out so the Miz can get some things off his chest. Miz says, don't make me beg. He gives in and begs, dropping the one knee. Miz says this is about life choices and so much more than Shane knows. He asks he asks Shane to please come out, and then Shane makes his way out. So then fans chant for Shane, and he gives a shout out to Las Vegas. Sean asks Miz why he's out here. Miz mentions how Shane hasn't returned his calls or texts, then goes on about how they could be something big together in WWE. Miz says that they could be the best tag team in the world. Shane says this whole thing with the trophy is getting a little weird. Sean. Yeah, it gets weird when you don't step up and take responsibility. Shut, for shut, cut, cut. That's when it gets weird. It's a trophy. It's so weird because you don't want to take responsibility, Shane. You're it's, a one-third It's a trophy. World, okay? It's a trophy. Responsibility. That is your trophy just as much as the Miz. How come the Miz is stepping up and you're not? I'm very it's a trophy. About this, okay? It's time for you to step up and be a man, Shane. It's a trophy. It's an inanimate object. <laughs> you know what? You know what? If he didn't want the responsibility, he shouldn't have gotten the ring. Okay? That's the bottom line. Shane McMahon has a responsibility not only to the trophy, but to the Miz. They are in this together, damn it. It's an inanimate object. It can't talk. It's it's just a trophy. You know what? I know that the Miz has feelings, and I know the Miz is very upset that Shane McMahon's not stepping up and being the man he's supposed to be. <laughs> That's what I feel. Well, okay. So, Miz says this isn't about the trophy, it's about so much more. Miz says he's going to do something he never told anyone before, and he calls the referee to come out. Fans chant for Shane again as the referee enters the ring. Shane says he's a little confused. Miz says tonight he and Shane will face off against two of the finest from Las Vegas, and now come two local enhancement talents, Chip and Chad, the Vegas boys. Now, I actually knew one of these Vegas boys. He's a wrestler in Vegas. I know him. I haven't talked to him in a while. So, yeah. Just going to put that out there. I haven't talked to that man in a while. So then the bell rings and the this... Well, we're not even going to talk about this. This was terrible. It was terrible. It was a terrible two minutes. Shane just botching everywhere. It was terrible. Terrible, 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 terrible. I'll tell you what's terrible. Okay? I'm going to tell you what's terrible. What's terrible... And then Shane McMahon in Saudi Arabia runs around with the trophy. He wants to flaunt the trophy. He wants to be, he wants everybody to know the trophy's his at that point, right? But when it's time to do something that's real with the trophy, when it's time to be responsible, what? He wants to disown the trophy? He wants to act like he doesn't own the trophy? He wants to act like that trophy doesn't belong to him anymore? Well, you know what, Shane? You claimed it from the beginning. How come you're not claiming it now? And I think The Miz has a legitimate gripe. The Miz thought that he was getting into this thing together. But for some reason, Shane has made him a single trophy owner. And I don't think that's right. It's a trophy. It's just a trophy. It does not have feelings. You know what? It's both of their trophies. And I don't like the fact that The Miz is being saddled with this responsibility all by himself. 
There are certain responsibilities that come with being a trophy owner. You have to polish the trophy. You have to make sure the trophy sits in the right place on the mantle. You have to make sure that the trophy's taken care of, okay? You can't just go around calling yourself a trophy owner and the best in the world if you don't want to take responsibility, Shane McMahon. Well, okay. So, after this match, this terrible botchy match, Shane looks up at the Miz like he's useless as he, he never tagged in. Miz enters the ring and runs a victory lap with the trophy in the air. So then we go to break and then we come back from the break and SmackDown General Manager Paige is in her office yelling at the referee for officiating the last match without her permission. He blames it on The Miz. The Vegas boys walk in and hand her an invoice of $5,000 and Paige rips it up in their faces. You know, sometimes... Sometimes you have to light a fire under people. And I understand that what The Miz may have done was wrong. But what The Miz was trying to do is to make Shane McMahon realize that he's going to wake up one day. And that trophy's going to be too old. God, we're still talking about the trophy. (laughs) Yeah, that trophy's going to be too old to remember that Shane McMahon was one-third of the best in the world. So what The Miz was trying to do is to get Shane McMahon to remember just who the hell he is and what his responsibilities are. Maybe he went about it the wrong way. Maybe The Miz went about it the wrong way. You know what, Smile? Don't don't do that. Don't do that, okay? The trophy doesn't age. don't Don't do it. Don't do it. The Miz may have went about it the wrong way, but damn it, he was just trying to get Shane McMahon to realize that one day he's going to wake up, and he may not have a trophy that a trophy at all, and he needs to appreciate what he has right now. I have no idea what's going on. Anyways. You know, it's oh. very upsetting in 2018, oh the epidemic that's going on with men not claiming their trophies. Oh, boy. We're really we're doing this. <laughs> I'm just simply saying that one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna wish you were in your trophy's life. Well, okay. Well, anyways, we go to the ring and out comes Randy Orton. Randy Orton grabs a steel chair from the ringside and brings it to the ring as he the announcer's hype that we're getting. Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio in a chairs match. And again, I asked myself, what year is it in WWE? I thought it was 2018, but obviously it's not 2018. It is is definitely not 2018. (laughs) Because we're getting Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio in a chairs match. And I'm just like, ugh, okay. Fine. Whatever, let's just act like we're back in the Ruthless Aggression era. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So we know Ray was away for a long time, but we remember this. We've seen this match before. Obviously, we have a We're just gonna see it again. So then Orton says, "There's nothing like a good old steel chair, especially for making a statement or sending a message." Orton tells producers to roll the tape and they finally start showing a replay of Orton taking Ray's mask three weeks ago and wrapping the chair around his neck. Orton says that that was good, but we can do it better, right? And somehow the fans agree with him. Orton tells him to roll the tape again and we see footage from last week where Orton drove the chair into Ray's throat. Uh, Randy can't believe Ray knew knows what he can do. 
and is still okay with facing him in a chairs match at TLC. Orton says Rey Mysterio is a victim, and he's Orton's victim, and victims never get revenge. And I'm just like, ugh, okay, that's kind of disgusting. Once a victim, always a victim, he says. And I'm just like, that's kind of creepy, Randy. <laughs> like, no, no. So then Orton hypes up TLC and says Ray only needs to be concerned with the three most devastating letters in WWE. R.K. Ray solely attacks him from behind with a chair and lays Orton out. And Ray works Orton over and hits a 619. Orton retreats up the ramp as Ray looks up from the ring, taunting him with a chair. And I'm just like, ha, ha, ha. The, six, the three most deadliest letters, you mean the three most deadliest numbers, and it's 619. That's a fact. That's a fact. So then Kayla Braxton stops SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch backstage. Sorry, the man, Becky Lynch. And asks if Oscar and Charlotte Flair taking each other out tonight is an advantage for Sunday's match. Becky gives Flair and Oscar some props and says there's no advantage for her because her first match back is against them both. Becky goes on and reveals that she'll be watching tonight's match and reveal, yeah, from ringside scouting. Becky says she can't wait to remind the world just how much chaos can, chaos can happen when the man comes around. And I'm just like, oh, hell yeah. So then we go to commercial break and then we come back and we got Jeff Hardy and Samoa Joe. Sorry, Jeff Hardy and Rusev versus Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. So outcome first is Jeff Hardy along with Rusev Alana. So then out comes Samoa Joe, followed by Shinsuke in an all blue suit. And I'm just like, okay, we're wearing the all blue jumpsuit again. Yeah, Survivor Series is over, Shinsuke. <laughs> you look like a blueberry. Take that off. <laughs> Pretty much. So then the bell rings, but out comes Carmella and our truth from the ramp. And guys, yet again, yet again, it is happening. Guys, we're going to do it just like last week. We're going to do it because guess what we got? Guess what we got from Carmella and our truth? Just give me a second. <laughs> we got a, you want to you want, you want do ahead and do it with me? Want to do it, do it with me? No, you got it. It's all you. It's all you. Okay. We got a three, two, one. Dance break. We the rebels. Okay. <laughs> we got a seven second dance break. And then the music, the music hits. Then they stop dancing and tell everyone to proceed. Now this match, I like. Okay, I, I, can, I, I look. The only thing I don't like is like, God damn it, Jeff! You, you are literally. Oh God, how can I say this without sounding mean? God damn it, Jeff! You doing things to your body for our entertainment? Like, chill, chill, <laughs> chill. <laughs> God damn it! You breaking your body for our entertainment? Like, come on, come on, come on. You know something I I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. I I look, I love Jeff. I love the Hardy Boys since I was a child. But I think it's it's about that time, Jeff. It's about that time. You can't be breaking off you can't be jumping off doing swan time bombs like you used to, homie. You can't. 
Okay? You can try it, but you can't. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. You know, I think I think Jeff still thinks he can do it. I think Jeff still has the ability to a, to an extent, but I think you're right. There there the 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 whatchamacallit, the gas tank is running a little a little low, but I think that he's gonna continue, you know, fighting his way through WrestleMania season and then we'll see. But you know, whenever he does decide to hang him up, you know, it's gonna be hard because I, I love him. And I love I love Matt too. The Hardy Boys are super dope. I was in love with Lita back in the day. The the extreme team extreme was awesome. They continue to be awesome. Uh, the their reinvention, you know, with the delete movement and everything they did in TNA and bringing it to WWE, like the Hardy Boys are legends. I I just think you're right though. Jeff is starting to really show his age, um, and maybe he needs to kind of reinvent himself a little bit as far as taking a, a few less risks. Yeah. So the way this match ends is Hardy comes in with a twist of fate to send Joe retreating to the floor. Jeff runs and leaps off the apron, taking Joe back down to the floor. Uh, more back and forth in the ring now. Uh, Nakamura avoids the accolade and rolls up, ends up flooring Nakamura with a big jumping kick for the pin to win. Yes, guys, the U.S. champion has been pinned by none other than Rusev on the magical of all days. Rusev Day! Yes, it is. It's every day's Rusev Day, and you know what? I totally agree that Rusev Day is the best holiday ever. Every day is Rusev Day, but every other day is Lana Day. That's how it goes. Every other day is Lana Day, but every day is Rusev Day. That's how the Dang. holiday works. Lana is the best. Lana, Lana number one. <laughs> I love it. So then, um, we go backstage, and Shane McMahon approaches the Miz backstage. Takes the Royal Cup trophy and says his behavior has crossed the line, including paying people to attack and tricking a referee into calling a match. Miz admits he did cross the line and goes on getting fired up, saying he's done a lot in his career, but he's never been considered the best in the world until Shane comes along. Miz extends his hand for a shake and says, please. Shane just walks off. Fans boo Shane walks off and the Miz looking stunned at him, looking like he's going to cry. I'm not going to go off on a big tangent, but I will ask you this. Do you think it's worthy to get booed when you're a negligent trophy owner? Oh, my gosh. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Let's keep going. So then we come back for the break, and here I am thinking, oh, are we finally about to get Naomi versus Bootleg Eva? Nope. Apparently. Apparently. Eva? Oh, my God. You're terrible. You're terrible. <laughs> I didn't say that. I had Naomi actually tweeted that she called her a bootleg Eva. No, but but you 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 said it, and yes, you. I know it wasn't you who came up with it, but you really do believe that. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> she is a bootleg Eva. She's better than Eva ever was. She's not. She's better in ring, and she's more, and she's more charismatic. You know that. Mm, no. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not saying. I'm not saying she's the second coming of Trish Stratus. I'm simply saying that compared to Eva Marie, Mandy Rose is better. Mm-mm, no. Okay, fair enough. They're literally the same to me. Like They're both supposed to be the sexy, promiscuous wrestler with the boobs out and being the sex object. Goodbye. No, no, listen. I agree. No, let me clarify. You're 100% right in your assessment of what they're supposed to be. But Mandy does it better. That doesn't see. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I'll I'll keep this brief. 
Mandy being better than Eva Marie doesn't mean that Mandy's good. Because I'm saying that she's better than Eva Marie because Eva Marie was terrible. I mean, you can be bad and still be better than terrible. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. That's all. I don't think Mandy Rose is good, but I think she could be asleep and be better than Eva Marie. Yeah, because all the t- try to tell that to Twitter and all these fanboys be like, oh, she's the greatest. What is she talking about? She's God's gift to Earth. I'm like, you mean a hospital's you gotta, you gotta gift blame, to Earth. You got to blame your boy Corey Graves for that. She, she's, ugh. That's why Corey Graves is the woman on Twitter right now. Why? That's what he calls himself. I, I think obviously it's a play on 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 Becky Lynch, but it doesn't work, bro. No. You're, you're, don't, don't call yourself the woman. That doesn't work. So then we come back from commercial and we get another vignette for Lars Sullivan, saying that Lars Sullivan is lurking, and I'm just like, that's who came up with that? Who came up with this? Because now there's going to be a meme on Twitter. So thanks. So then Tom leads us into a video package for AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. And Kayla is backstage with AJ asking if he's prepared to take the WWE title back on Sunday. AJ say his he's biding his time because no one wants to beat the hell out of Bryan like he does. AJ knew if he attacked Bryan earlier, then Bryan wouldn't be able to compete on Sunday at TO State. AJ goes on about the new Daniel Bryan and says there's only one AJ and he knows how aggressive he needs to get on Sunday to take the title back. And he walks off. So then we get the main events. The ladies are actually main eventing. We're getting Asuka versus Charlotte Flair, the WrestleMania rematch. So we go to the ring and out comes Asuka um, and all that. So but we go to commercial. And we come back from the break. And Kayla Braxton to backstage with Charlotte Flair. Asking about tonight's main event. And the women's triple threat on Sunday. Flair says tonight Oscar and the man. Will get a preview of what will happen to them on Sunday. When they bow down to the queen. Flair walks off and heads to the ring. Making her way out. Flair and Oscar wait for the match to begin. But the music is interrupted. And out comes Smackdown's women's champion. Becky Lynch. Now this match, holy shit! If this didn't get you hyped for it, look, the only I like this match. It was a good match, but the only thing that got me excited was the end of the match. Mm-hmm. The, the end of the match was a shit. You got you want to go into the end of the match about what happened after the match? No, you got it. I'm with. I'm listen. I'm here to play off of you. Rock it. Do your thing. All right. So. This match, it was going so good. It was going so good. Um, the way it ended, though. Mm. So, we're in early at, you know, it's like 9.55. So, you know, they got like five minutes left. I'm like, all right, what she going to do? So, Asuka is uh, with, uh, kicking Flair while she's on her knees. And Flair blocks a click, but Asuka comes right back with another. Uh, uh, with another kick um oscar um does foreheads to the head and neck um oscar kicks uh charlotte in the face toying with flair while flair is still on her knees oscar runs the rope but charlotte stops her with a spear oscar kicks out at two as the man watches from the edge of her seat fans start 
dueling chance as Flair goes back to the top for a moonsault. Flair misses it, but immediately goes for the figure four. Oscar turns it around with the Oscar lock. Flair powers up with Oscar on her back again. They both tumble out of the ring in front of Becky. Fans start to cheer for Becky. And I'm just like, but Becky's not doing anything, but okay. So then Flair goes underneath the ring and brings out a kendo stick from underneath the ring and nails Oscar with it for a DQ. And I'm just like, oh. But after the bell, Flair keeps swinging the stick at Oscar while she's down. Becky stands up from her chair, clutching the title, looking down at Charlotte. Becky walks away but turns around as Charlotte charges with a kendo stick shot to the knee. Becky goes down. Flair's back to working on Oscar with the stick, but Becky comes in from behind and attacks her. Becky sends Charlotte into the steel ring steps. Becky grabs the kendo stick and unloads on Charlotte with the kendo stick. Becky turns around and Oscar kicks her in the gut. Oscar tosses Becky over the announce table and Oscar grabs the stick and races in the air. And then you see Oscar's face, just her whole demeanor just changes. Oscar unloads the candlestick on Charlotte and then Oscar also hits Becky with the stick while she's on top of the announce table so now she's going back and forth back and forth it's like you get some 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 and I'm just like yes and Smackdown goes off the air with Oscar standing, standing tall with candlestick and hand and I'm just like yes 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 it was awesome it was awesome if, Be- if Becky Lynch wasn't as popping as she is I would say Asuka should win, but we all know that's probably not going to happen. But it's so good to see Asuka in a dominant role because she's been really, like, you know, just treading water since WrestleMania. So that's the first sign of Asuka being Asuka in a really long time. I loved it. I love seeing violent Asuka again. I'm just like, don't get me wrong. I love Asuka with Naomi, she gets to have you know, like you know, a little bit of fun. She's not, she's not that. Yeah. She didn't, she doesn't have to always be, you know, hardcore, always beating people up. Oscar, she gets to have some fun. Like a lot of people, just like, no, she has to be this. She has to be a heel. She had to go through the whole entire roster. I'm just like, if she went through the whole entire roster and started winning and winning and winning again, you got to be complaining and playing complaining. Let her have some fun with Naomi. Like, god damn, like shit. No, she, she's fun with Naomi, but we have to get back to. You know, I would love. I remember back in in the late '90s, early 2000s, when they tried to, um, when they tried to reinvent the streak for Goldberg. Um, Goldberg had lost to Nash in '98, and the streak was broken, and they immediately started a new one. I think Oscar should really get on one of these roles. Like maybe she could be the person who doesn't take the fall. Well, actually, no fall. It's a TLC match, so nobody's gonna take a fall. But um, I would like to see, Dom, uh, you know, Oscar be dominant in the match and have Becky win in the end. And then I'd like to see Oscar get back to her winning ways. And I think that that can set the stage for a really cool WrestleMania possibility down the line. Instead of having Oscar end up being in like the the women's battle royal, Oscar's better than that, you know. Mm-hmm. So That's what I'm saying, I think Oscar's a top three talent in the women's top three top in the three. entire WWE. Yes. So SmackDown Live was total success. It was a shit. That ending was just a shit. So now let's go quickly to NXT because NXT came on tonight and I got the results right here. So let's get into it. So 
NXT, we come out with the Undisputed Era, comes out to the ring. Uh, Adam Cole, baby, is on the mic saying, holidays are coming early after Bobby Fish destroys EC3 in his first match back since his injury. Uh, Adam Cole says EC3 made the mistake of messing with the Undisputed Era and that this is their world. This is their world, and the NXT TakeOver shows revolve around them. Adam Cole makes a promise and says in 2018, they will be draped in gold. And then out comes the uh, 1% EC3. So, this match had me clutching my imaginary pearls. I watched it just a little bit. And, dear God, every time, every time Bobby even took, like, you know, fell on his knee, I was just like, <gasps> like, I got kind of scared. I was like, oh, God. Because, no, he has, you know, bad knees because, you know, his injury. So, I got kind of scared. I got, got scared. So, it was an okay match. I wasn't really paying attention. Um, EC3 actually won. And I'm just like, well, damn, Bobby couldn't win his first match back? Like, what the fuck? Exactly. Exactly. N- not cool. So, then post-match, the Undisputed Era jumps in the ring and attacks EC3. And then here comes my boys, Heavy Machinery. They come out for the save and clear out the ring. Now, O'Reilly, everyone's favorite guy, doesn't quite make it out the ring, uh, ring though. EC3 hits the one percenter on O'Reilly, and then Otis hits the worm into an elbow drop. I love when he hits the worm. Oh my god, it's the funniest shit in the world. If you have not seen Otis do the worm, it's funny. Trust me. No, it, it is pretty funny. I can't lie. He'll probably do it tomorrow. If you know, NXT is having an Orlando show. And, of course, I'm going to it. So, I'll definitely be taping everything. Everything will be on my Twitter. If you guys want to see it, you gotta go follow me. So, nice. back to the show. Uh, Dakota Kai and Lo Shirai talk to the media about Jissim and Dilga Marina Schaefer previously sneak attacking them. Uh, Dakota Kai and Shari want the two of them in a tag match. Next week. Now, now since these are all been taped, um, I don't think Dakota Kai will be in any future shows because we did not know Dakota Kai has actually tore her ACL and she is out of commission for the next six to nine months. All right, listen, I need I need you to clarify something for me because you obviously got the scoop and I did not get the scoop, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, she tore her ACL in her run-in at TakeOver? Uh, no, it was actually at a house show. At a house show. Okay, I just want to clarify that. Wow, that's that's really a shame. Yeah, it it's it, it's sad, very very sad. She's she's very talented. That that's a damn shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fact that she's also out, just damn. I love her. She's so sweet. So then, uh, two weeks ago, we see the Mighty's post match attack on Oni Larkin and Danny Birch. Uh, Birch and Loken, uh, Lorkin had just won the match, but the Mighty didn't take the loss very well. And the two teams will lock up again tonight. So, and didn't really pay attention to this match, didn't really care because I don't, I don't really like the Mighty. I don't know. Eh, they're not over with me just yet, so I'm just like, whatever. Didn't really pay attention, but Oni Larkin won. That's all I care about. No, I feel you. I feel you. So then last week, we see the segment between NXT champion. Uh, oh, it is, oh, it's next week. So last week, we see the segment between NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa, Aleister Black, who won his mat- rematch against Ciampa at NXT TakeOver Phoenix, and Johnny Gargano. Ciampa ends up getting attention of him 
and um, Black and Gargano. Black eventually agreed he would fight Johnny anywhere, nearly hitting him with a black mask. Gargano would bail out the ring. Gargano was on the apron laughing at what was going on and ended up getting a black mask. So then next week, we're getting Aleister Black versus Johnny Gargano in a steel cage. So outside, Johnny Gargano responded to the upcoming match. Um, Gargano is still saying he never did anything wrong. The ends justify the means, which is him becoming NXT champion. He says Black is just getting in his way, his path. Gargano will do what he needs to do to make sure the story ends the right way. And he continues that next week, he'll close the book on Black. So then we get a vignette for Dominic I can't even say his last name. We're trying to say Dominic, who will be debuting on NXT next week. So then, backstage, Kathy Kelly talks with NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler with Justin Duke and uh, the other one behind her about the next number one contender. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> the other one. Maria uh, something Schaefer. I can't think of her name right now. Uh, uh, she says she isn't worried, and no matter who it is. Uh, Kelly then asked uh, Justin Duke and the other one about the challenge from Dakota Kai and Dakota Kai and Shari, and they just busted up laughing. Uh, Shayna says they're ready and they accept the challenge. So then William William Regal announced that Lacey Evans will join Bianca Belair in the upcoming Fatal Four Way match to determine the next number one contender, and Evans defeated. Zaya Lee to gain entry uh, into this match. So then we get Maya Yim versus Rena Gonzalez. We all know who she is. So I was just like, Ooh! <laughs> I was so excited when I saw this match was going down. I was like, oh, oh, yes. I agree. So it was an okay match. It was like more like a squash. It was like a squash match. Yeah, that's to be expected. It was really a squash match. Uh, Maya Yim wins uh, to advance to the Fatal 4-Way number one, contender, uh, number one Contenders match. And right now we have Maya Yim, Bianca Belair, and Lacey Evans. So then backstage, the NXT North American champion Ricochet is getting ready for this match. In a, but in a random location, we find Aleister Black. And Aleister Black says everyone is asking him how he feels about his upcoming steel cage match against Johnny Gargano. Black says he doesn't feel anything. He just simply has to do this. He says Gargano is far beyond redemption, and the only thing left is total annihilation. Black says that Johnny will simply fade to black. And then we get the trailer saying next week we'll get Justin Duke and Marina Schaefer versus Lo Shirai and Dakota Kai. So then we get the open challenge for the NXT North American Championship. And Guess who we got? Who is that? The one, the only, one half of the fashion police, Tyler Breeze. Breezy is back in NXT and the crowd pops hugely for Tyler and gives him a welcome back chant. let's, Let's talk about this for two seconds. Now, we can look at this one of two ways. When you play Major League Baseball, right? When you play professional baseball, mm-hmm. you know, 
you're in the minors and you get called up to the majors. If you get sent back down to the minors, that's not necessarily a good thing. But I guess in WWE, when you're kind of treading water and not getting a lot of chances on Raw, going back to NXT may be the better move. So I'm happy to see that he's going to get some shine down there in Orlando. I mean, I really don't find it having a problem because there's a lot of people who could benefit from going back to NXT. Even Triple H says, you know, he'll be okay with, you know, a couple of superstars coming back down to NXT. Like, I wouldn't mind if Tyler Breeze went back down. I wouldn't mind if I Dillinger went back down. I wouldn't mind if the Ascension went back down. Like, I really but wouldn't see, mind. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm with you 100%, but here's the thing. When you talk about NXT, you got you to talk about, if you want you want to send people down, if, if you want people to not look at it as a demotion, then you're going to have to send down I'm just naming random names that'll never go down, like Randy Orton, like, you know, Seth Rollins. They're never going to go down for the benefit of NXT. It's always going to be a Tyler Breeze. It's always going to be a, uh, you know, Ascension. And what that means is it's going to be, you know, it's going to be misconceived as a demotion. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate because Tyler Breeze, a talented guy, it's not really a demotion. It's more like, you're not having anything to do up here. Let's go down there where you can get some shine. But if they want it to be seen as just a lateral move, like like NXT is like a legit third brand, then they're gonna have to send some people down that you wouldn't expect. Some people that like send Dean Ambrose to NXT, then I'll be a believer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that'll ever happen. No. I mean, I I don't look at it as a, as a demotion. I I look at it as a you're not really getting your time on where you're at right now. Let's put you back at NXT and like get some shine on you until freaking Vince or Vince figures out what the hell he's going to do with the people he's got. Like, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. And I hope you're right. I just think that I think that with the rumors that are going on, we talked about this last week about how WWE is trying to make NXT the legit third brand. Mm -hmm. You're going to make NXT the legit third brand, and you know what? When the draft comes around, you should be drafting. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm drawing a blank here. You should be dra- uh, drafting. Uh, oh my God, give me a name. Uh, uh, give me anybody. You should you be you should be drafting Elias to NXT. You know, if if, if NXT the legit third brand, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, maybe. Take Mandy down there with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. And I'll tell you one thing. You want to talk about demotions? I don't look at Tyler Breeze's demotion, but I'll tell you somebody who does deserve a demotion. Oh, my God. Who? The Iconics. Yes. Skin. Yes. Take them down. They should have never came up in the first place. Oh, 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 the Iconics are not good. They are so not good. And they, oh, my God, send them back. Send them back. And like I said, Send down Nia Jax, but they're not gonna do that because they're stupid. I think the only reason why they decided to like bring up like people like the Iconics and Lark Sullivan is they don't want the big names to come up yet. Like they are not gonna bring up the Undisputed Era. They're not gonna bring up Velveteen Dream. They're definitely not gonna bring up Alistair. Well, now he is. He's gonna come up now that his wife, now that he's married, he's gotta come up because you know that's the number one rule. They're not gonna split up couples. So. He's going to come up. I want to give you credit. I think your prediction is going to be right. I think Aleister Black's going to lose the title match against Tommaso Ciampa, and he'll start the next day at the Royal Rumble and then stay up on the main roster. Yeah, he's, he's probably going to go to SmackDown because, you know, that's where his wife is. So, whew. but yeah, this match, 
pretty damn good. The ending was like, we all know, because, you know, he's not going to lose the NXT American title. Like, we all know that. But, you know, the ending, you know, Ricochet and Tyler Breeze actually shook hands. And, you know, everyone popped. It was a good match. It was a good episode. Next week is when all the shit goes down, though, and I'm really excited. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Um, a lot of people have already, you know, read the spoiler and already heard the spoiler. But, um, you know, I think I think when it comes to Tommaso Ciampa and, um, you know, the possible uh, reunion, um, I, I think it's a good thing. But I think it's also very risky because if, you know, you have Gargano and, and Ciampa get back together, it better work because... When you have reunions, mm-hmm. it, some, it sometimes falls flat. <clears throat> Degeneration X. <laughs> so you got to make sure you do it right if you're gonna do it. All right, before we go, prediction time. Now TLC is on Sunday. This probably will come out on Friday. So let's give our predictions for the newly updated card. So let's just go down the card. We're gonna start with the pre-show. Let's start with the mixed match challenge final: Our Truth and Carmella versus Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox. Who goes over? Mm, I don't. I don't see any way that um, Alicia and Gender come out on top. I think Truth and Carmella, from an entertainment standpoint, are on top of their game, mm-hmm. and I think that this is going to be their crowning moment and end up at, as thirty in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I see that. I, I definitely see that. So I'm definitely with you on that. Uh, the fabulous Truth, I think, will be winning this match. So then the next match we have Cruiserweight Championship, Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander. Who goes over? I'm going to go with my heart on this one and say Buddy Murphy. I think he deserves his moment in um, in uh, Australia. I think he keeps the momentum going. Um, my head says uh, Cedric Alexander, but my heart says Buddy Murphy. Mm-hmm. I'll go with Buddy Murphy for sentimental value. Yeah, I, I definitely big Buddy Murphy because I really think they're gonna probably do um, Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy part two, well part five, <laughs> part seventy-seven. <laughs> they can do the look. Whenever they have matches, it's amazing. It's five stars all around. So no, listen, they they can go five, six, seven times because they can reinvent the match every single time. I'm with you. Yeah. So next match, I think I don't know if it's pre-show. I think it's main show. Yeah, run the main show now. So tables match: Natalia versus Ruby Riot. I think it's a no-brainer. I think Ruby Riot is definitely going to win. There, there's, I don't think there's any chance Natalia wins. Some people might say Natalia gets retribution. I say Ruby Riot wins and starts to really assert herself as a big-time player in the women's division. I think Natalia's going to win. I really think oh. so. Okay. I think Ty's going to win. Uh, next, we got the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Sheamus versus Cesaro versus The Usos versus The New Day. Who comes out on top? The Usos should win, but they won't. Uh, the bar retains. Ugh. If I had to pick, I choose Usos over anything. I don't care. I hate the bar. <laughs> I hate, No, I'm not a big fan of the bar, too. I, you asked me who I think will win, not who I want to win. Who I think will win? Usos. Okay. Fair enough. Fair Ladder enough. match: Bobby Lashley versus Elias. Uh, that's another should and another would. Uh, Elias should. Bobby will. Bobby will win. Obviously, that's Elias should win, but Bobby's gonna win. Yep. All right. Chairs match: Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio. Oh, that's no brainer. Randy Orton's gonna dominate that match. Randy Orton's gonna 
turn the corner and, and really hurt uh, Rey Mysterio. Kayfabe, but he's really going to beat down Rey Mysterio. Yeah, me too. That, that, it's no brainer. Orton's going to win this. Drew McIntyre versus Finn Balor, if it does happen. If Finn is good enough to go. Uh, Finn's healthy. Um, well, I actually think that Finn maybe being a question mark is going to change the outcome. I think Finn was going to win. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Finn is hurt, somehow pushes his way through. And Drew puts him out of commission. I think Drew wins because of the Finn Balor injury. Yeah, I think with Finn Balor being quote unquote injured, I think Drew McIntyre definitely gonna win this. Yep. Maybe uh Finn misses a couple weeks, maybe a month or two, whatever. I mean he's not really injured, but you know he's sick, so hopefully. Yeah, yeah, Kayfabe, yeah. May or or maybe, you know, maybe we just just like at SummerSlam when we got the surprise, maybe we actually get the demon to come back, so who knows? Oh. Who knows? I wouldn't mind seeing that. Who knows? So, next, we got the Raw Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax. Um, Rousey will be champion to WrestleMania. Yep, Ronda all the way. Let's go. All right, Intercontinental Championship, Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. A little tricky. Um, Seth would have been my normal response i thought i think in a situation like this tlc not a major pay-per-view um retribution for dean turning on him that seth would definitely win i don't i don't necessarily believe i, I think i've changed my mind I, I think i think it's a risky prediction but i think dean ambrose is your new intercontinental champion yeah i do too what i think if they're going to start planting the seeds for seth versus brock lesnar for the Universal Championship. I think this is the way they have them lose a championship. This is the last championship, that yeah, last pay per view of 2018. So I think Seth loses. Dean Ambrose is a new champion. Tag team. And it loses. It loses in spectacular fashion because I believe that um, Seth and Dean will be the main event of the show. Yes. And then we got the WWE Championship: Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Uh, Daniel Bryan retains. Not very happy about it. Can't believe I'm saying that. I'm a huge. Thing. I was a huge Daniel Bryan fan. This heel turn has not really set well with me. There's good heel turns, there's bad heel turns. Mm-hmm. I think this is kind of falling flat. I think Daniel Bryan calling the fans idiots is just like him. Like I, I just don't see. Um, I don't see him as a heel. Um, but I do believe that um, WWE sees him as a heel, and I think Dan- WWE wants him to retain, and I think he will. Yeah, Daniel Bryan definitely retains. And then we got TLC match, Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin, if it does happen. Braun will show, and Braun will win. Um, Alexa Bliss will be your new uh, Raw General Manager, or the return of Kurt Angle. Yeah, I, I got Strowman winning this too. Then we got the TLC Women's Championship match, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. Oscar is on a roll finally after a long stretch of being um, very, very lukewarm. Um, I love the fact that all three of these women have hit their peak. You've had Becky on a, on a massive run over the past four or five months. You have Charlotte hitting her stride at the Survivor Series, and as recently as SmackDown, Oscar has proven to once again be her old self. Um, I think because Becky Lynch is the hottest commodity in the industry, male or female, that she wins, but I think it's going to be the best match of the night. I think it steals the show. I think Charlotte proves that she is the queen. Um, I think Oscar proves that she's back, and I think Becky overcomes both of them and retains the title. 
I think Oscar is gonna win this. Like it'll be a surprise, and Oscar will come out a win, and then either Charlotte or Becky will be winning the Royal Rumble. Okay, fair enough. I wouldn't mind that either. That's a, that's not a bad. I would I would not mind being wrong on that one. Yeah, I, I I really want her to win. So that's the end of the card. Those are our predictions. Woo! And with that, we are both gonna go because eleven o'clock, and I am exhausted. <laughs> I am exhausted as well. I gotta go to work tomorrow, but I am taking two weeks off from work starting next Monday, and I am fired up about it. And it's finals week for me, so I'm actually sleep because I have finals, and I'm not happy for it. I want it to be over. I want to die. I'm finishing. Oh, I'm finishing graduate school in May. Uh, not not now, but I'm finishing the semester uh, right now. So, um, got a couple of A's in my two latest classes. One more semester to go, and. Welcome to uh, me being a mental health therapist. It's going to be crazy. I'm Yay! loving it. I still am stuck in college trying to get my bachelor's degree. I'm going to die. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing our thing. And, and WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact, uh, NWA. Uh, you're listening to two of the best in the business today. Uh, give us a shot. Uh We'll, we'll bring this swagger and this energy to whatever mm-hmm. show. Like, you know, sign us, man. I, I know it sounds kind of corny, but I can't. I got to be real, man. Sign us. We want a chance because we're dope. And uh, I think you'll believe it, too, when you hear us. Definitely. So with that, we're out of here. Definitely we'll be posting this on Friday. Not be late. I'm better now. I'm not sick anymore. So definitely we'll be editing this tomorrow because now I'm going to sleep. I'm tired. Handle <laughs> your business. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the TNT Wrestling Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at TNT Podcast 2018 and follow Smiley at Smiley Baby Boo. See you next time.